been a minute. I have not did that shit in so long. <laughs> I think you do that every day when you wake up. I, how the hell do you know? You wake up, you you uh put a little oil on your hair. You look I in do the that at night, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I you... get the scalp, and I just get it going, and I'm like, yeah, how the hell do you know? <laughs> anyway, wait a minute. I think you wake up in the morning, look in the bathroom mirror, and say, what up, though? I think that's what you do. Think that's what happened? I think that's exactly what I happened. I don't say shit when I go <laughs> I want you to know that. I sit there and look at the mirror like, yeah, get your crusty ass together. It's time to go to work. Reach for the lotion, toothpaste, hop in the shower, lotion. all of that. See, I don't lotion these knuckles until I get to work, actually. So I do the same thing. I got a little like bottle, travel size bottle at the, at the desk. So. I have a vino. Okay. A big ass bottle of a vino, which is at my desk. And when people come at me with the bullshit, mm hmm. I just take my wedding ring off, I put it on the table, and I just lotion my hands like I know I'm about to deal with some shit today. Okay. So I might as well get my hands ready for it. And then I take a sip of my coffee, and I, somebody starts talking, and I just put my hand up like, pause. <laughs> take another sip of coffee, <laughs> put the cup on the table, put the Wakanda side out, because that's how we rolling. Okay. And then I'm like, all right, how am going to help you? Mm -hmm. It's... Pretty black ass time action. I love it. That's good for your mental health. It really is. With that being said, and that being known, <laughs> welcome back to your favorite podcast about mental health and black men because we are claiming that the Mental Matters podcast. Yes. Here to redefine what man up means yeah, positively for the culture and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. It's Richard. It's Jarrell. It's about time. That's what it is. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been. How many days? Have you counted the days? Since we last recorded, it was. it's been at least like. 40 probably Has it, been 40 it was like march something wasn't it it was at the convention bro the convention that was the last time wasn't that in march though that was the very end of march right and we are a smooth <laughs> 45 plus days later <laughs> right since nesby 45 yeah and it's about to be you see that plug day. i do see that it's over though so it's no more plugs ah <laughs> uh, man we are back again for another episode and what number is this? This is what? 29? Dog. We got 29. 29. What famous 29s you got? Let's play that any, game. I don't have any famous 29s. You don't have any famous 29s. <sighs> Come on, man. Well, who, who's 29? I don't think anybody's 29, <laughs> actually. Really there is nobody. <laughs> At least for like 28, we can give you like Kyle Corver. What was that? Is that 26 or 28? I think that's 26. I think it's 26. Yeah. At least we gave you 26 to call for it. But after that, it gets... Yeah. I don't know. Next time we got Steph Curry because he's 30. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about that? I was going to say, there's some football player wearing 29 somewhere. But if we can't remember the name, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fail. Mm -hmm. Anyway. We're the famous 29. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a jersey. I'm be I'll be number 29. Yeah. And that's how we rolling. That's going to be the next t-shirt. It's going to say 29 on the back. That's cool. Because we couldn't think it's every 29. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to bore y'all with the bullshit, but we are back again. I'm here with my favorite dude, and I guess we are going to catch up and say things. Yeah. Like, dude, we are at the cups of the NBA Finals. Yeah. And your little favorite punk-ass team is still in. <laughs> That's not fair to say, because... you right. Like, when, you put, when you put that connotation on it, that, like, I'm a, I'm a Golden State fan, it's like, uh, I was I was a fan back in, like, 2011. I mean, that's fair. 
Yeah, it got. It has to be fair. I mean, all right. My, my, my <laughs> 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 this time last year, we could say the same thing because they were still in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, that's real. Shout I, out to. Them. I honestly wouldn't be mad if they lost. I wouldn't even like trip. Like I, I like the whole you know small market you know draft right, make a good team trades. I like like Milwaukee. I like Toronto. I like um, Portland. So. I mean, of course, of course, going to stay. I don't think they're going to blow a three zero lead, even though they blew a three one. But well, if they blow a three zero lead, I am yeah. going to just officially call them <laughs> trash. But on the flip side, I I love Dame. I love mm-hmm. what CJ can do for them and yeah. all that good jazz. But I just do not see Portland pulling off anything tonight. That's like right, ah, like yeah. they, they pretty much. <laughs> if you let them tie the game in the third quarter. Just call your season a wrap. Like, Are you talking about Golden State? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like yeah. If you let Golden State tie you in the third quarter, mm-hmm. there's no way you're coming back from that. They're yeah. just gonna pull me in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but that's because, and it's not even because of KD. Like yeah. he's not even playing. Like, <laughs> I was worried about that for a minute. I'm like, nope, not worried about that. Yeah, part. and then then I saw them, you know, play game one. I was like, okay. <laughs> I want to see who comes out of the Eastern Conference. I think it'll be Milwaukee. You think Milwaukee? Yeah. They got to do it for you the think, Central. You think Toronto has no chance of I'm not coming say back no, on them? I'm not going to say no chance, but I just – I think Kawhi is more containable than Giannis. I'll put it at that. Like, I feel like defenses can – like, the way that Toronto structured is, like, it's Kawhi or nothing. I mean, like, Kyle Laurie doesn't, you know, show up too much. Um, he'll get like some free throw points or you know fast break points, but he's not going you know set up in half court and like give you the business or nothing. So I feel like it was quiet or nothing for them. But on the other side, I feel like Giannis can't be contained, and if you do try to contain him, which you can't, it's like they still have um, Ilya Sova shooting threes off the bench. They still have Chris Middleton. To Wait, what's his number? Ilya Sova. Yeah. Like. I thought it was like 27, maybe 36 or something like that. It ain't 36. <laughs> well, I stand corrected. Apparently, there are athletes that wear the number 29. <laughs> One of our song. producers just let me know how I was on some bullshit and do the, <laughs> didn't do my research. <laughs> have you heard of these people? I'm going to just throw them out here. You ready? Okay. You probably have not, but from the National Football League, we have Eric Dickerson. Oh, yeah, running back. Right? I have not heard of this dude. He's a legend. That's shitty. <laughs> I feel like a bad person. He played for the Rams, I think, in like well, the 80s. Well, I messed that one up. Oh, well. I didn't know that either. Satchel Page of the Major League, Major League Baseball. I heard of him, but yeah. He, nope, I'm pretty trash. Yeah. Rod, what's this? Rod Carew? I don't know who that is. I think he made this shit up. Huh? I'm going to tell him he made this shit did up. He, did he put his name on it? That's how you know. <laughs> John Smoltz. I've actually heard of this person. But then again, this is going to expose how trash I am when it comes to, like, all sports. <laughs> I'm the major four sports. And I will never have gotten this one. Ken Dryden of the National Hockey League. Red Wings, right? Does Dryden play for the Red Wings? That's, that sounds familiar. That's your homework. You tell me, because I have no idea. I've only been to, like, three Red Wings games in my I've life, and been, I've heard that name. <laughs> I've been to a grand there. total of zero. And I feel like as a hometown Detroit kid, Trash. Mm-hmm. I have not been to a Red Wings game in my life. <laughs> Maybe I can make that happen. Hmm. Oh, well, I've seen Avengers. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> but, no, nah, the NBA playoffs is popping. And I've seen a lot of ads from the 
NBA about athletes and mental health, actually. Yeah. And it was just really just surprising. I know there was an article that came out a while ago about it was about Paul Pearson and struggle with mental health. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I think it was Kevin Love. Yep. So I think that's worth noting that, especially in the in our urban communities, if you will, especially where I'm from, um, there was a lot of there's a lot of correlation between like growing up in the inner city mental illness and sports Mm -hmm. we didn't so much talk about the mental illness part of it not at all but especially being that it's may and it's mental health month yep i think it's worth discussing that and being in the midst of the play nba playoffs Mm -hmm. like how a lot of athletes or even people that aren't athletic like me at all a lot of times when we were younger we really turned to sports Mm -hmm. whether it's watching it kind of having that fantasy of like maybe one day or like my favorite, settling that shit on the court. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I remember that. Dude, listen, those are the best moments. <laughs> like, be like, you were ready to, like, blow this dude's shit out, like, just <laughs> <laughs> immensely. And then you all of a sudden, like, you know what? Let's take this shit to the court. Yeah. I'm about to bust your ass. <laughs> and you would just get the hooping, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden after that, it's just like, dang, like. You'd be cool after that. Well, something like that. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you get in the gang fights and yeah. that just got weird. <laughs> that actually happened. It's story time. Okay. So, I remember I had to be in 10th, yeah, about 10th grade. And <laughs> so, and without being like just ignorant to the fact. I was the one fat kid that could run fast, mm-hmm. play defense, mm-hmm. and had a crazy jump shot. Like, okay. I thought I was legit like Chauncey Billups in a sense. Okay. Like, I wasn't like, okay, I wasn't that big ass, really poly ass dude, okay. but I could run for my size. Like, I thought I was, you know, I, I used to like do a lot of, I would say like seventh grade, I was kind of really chubby. chubby. Okay. okay. Then in eighth and ninth grade, mm-hmm. I got to working out and I played football and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So then all that junk just dropped. Yeah. And so by ninth and tenth grade, I thought I was like that ideal point guard. Like I almost actually made the basketball team. Okay. And it came to going to see the Miami Heat and Pistons game, Dwayne Wade's rookie year. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm just gonna go see this game. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm gonna just get cut from this team. And um but yeah, so what happened with that was like, but anytime I wanted to like if I had an issue with, like, family, like, my closest male cousins or, like, some closest friends on the block, we would just take it to the court. And mm-hmm. it would be, like, <laughs> we'll bullshit and be, like, this is our playoff series. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you who the best. I'm like, all right, bro, we'll see how this shit go. Uh-huh. He was just some big dude that could post up. But okay. when I take him on the perimeter, I would just, like, dog his ass out. Mm-hmm. So he'd be all fat and tired after, like, <laughs> you think you better. I'm like, I know I am. You just suck. Mm-hmm. So... But all that being said, all the rambling and shit, like, it really came to a point, like, in my young childhood where sports was really, like, an escape from a real-life reality. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to see, in my family, I started to see my parents get divorced. So, Mm -hmm. my go-to was basketball. And a lot of the current athletes that are in the NBA 
you can say that they extremely turn to basketball because, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly they get paid millions of dollars yeah. to leave it all on the court. Mm-hmm. So, I guess for me, my question is to you, like, how do you think that sports is a release for like, for like you? Hmm. Oh, like for me, it's like if I'm if I'm playing sports, like if I'm at like LA Fitness or whatever. I feel <clears throat> like I'm detached from well, like what reality is, you know. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not thinking about, you know, the stress of that bill that needs to be paid. I'm not thinking about um, what I have to continue like when I show back up to work the next day. Oof. It's like I have like a. It's kind of like you're just like floating on a cloud a little bit, you know what I mean? Like it's like you know you don't you don't have any other stresses, any other worlds, like responsibilities on your shoulders at that point. And I think that's what makes it like so much fun. Cause I remember being like. Um, like a like 15, 16, 17 year old, and I used to hear um, my dudes in my church. You know, they were like 30, 31. They had families and stuff, and uh, they'll be talking about like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to the to the um, rec or whatever." I hope every Saturday at the rec we got our team Yo, and stuff like that. And I used to be it. like, "You like?" In my head, I'm like, "You like 30 years old? Like if I'm 30 years old, like I'm a, I got a family. You know what I mean? Like, I'm be doing this, this, and that." And it's like I'm almost at the age now, and I'm like now I understand yeah. <laughs> exactly like what it is. It's like it's 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 kind of like your self care time in a sense, even though like you may be sweating and you may be like you know getting busted on or whatever. Get your ass whooped. Exactly, but it's like <laughs> it takes you back to like that element of you just being like seven in gym class, and like the the uh, teacher just throws opens the, the basketball closet, and it's just a free for all. Like go get go, everybody got to run and get a ball. Like that's, like that one like. Like that mesh sack of just basketball. Yeah, yeah. And you just do, 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 go at it. But nobody get like the jump ropes and junk. We all yeah, get basketball. Everybody get basketball. I remember that. Yep. Damn, you just took me back a little bit. Like, I, I, I used to be the person, like, in high school that was always at the wreck. Like, uh-huh. you know, trying to play basketball. And granted, again, like, I was more athletic. I would, you know, again, I... Again, I thought my jump shot was a cross between Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups, so mm-hmm. there was literally nothing you could tell me. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of had, like, that Ryan Artest mentality on defense. Okay. So, like, I literally made several basketball teams in high school. It's just that when it came to, like, junior senior year, when I transferred out of the Detroit Public Schools District, I had to work. Okay. And I couldn't pursue sports anymore. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, I would play, like, after work with some of my friends, but – yeah, it wasn't going nowhere after that. Yeah. So I mean, but it's funny because now, when I'm able to, I turn to bowling a lot. Okay. So that's the old man thing. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Fucker. How <laughs> dare you? Nah, I enjoy bowling too. I was just joking. We still, I still got to bust your ass. So yeah. Just for saying that too. All now right. we got to sell that shit in, in the lanes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but no, like it's literally my escape. Like, I remember when I started, like really bowling was like in 2009 okay yeah i remember it was that summer where my car broke down and like i was just i didn't know what to do mm-hmm. so during the summer i didn't take classes so i literally went to the gym well not into the the bowling alley and i would bowl like 10 games it was like a dollar a game Okay. So I spent 10 bucks just bowl 10 games. I had my own ball. I had my own shoes. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I was sore as shit. Like, it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> but in 2010, I joined my first league. 
Okay. And a friend of mine I grew up with, we were on the same team with some other people, and um, yeah, like it went down. <laughs> like I remember my first two hundred plus game, and like everybody was just like, "This this kid's different." I was just like. Yeah, don't mess with me. Like, you liable to get rolled on, literally, like on some corny shit like that. But literally, like for me, sports is literally an escape. Whether it be me playing or watching it, mm-hmm. like I, I don't even have cable TV, so I literally like watch sports. Like I try not to watch the news because it's depressing and yeah. trash, and yeah. Yeah. nothing happens good on the news. <laughs> Besides good news, which I barely see. So <laughs> I guess that just knows null and voids that. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my escape from the real world when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the media of the last couple of weeks, uh, do you watch Red Table Talk at all? Yeah, I watched a few episodes, a few segments, yeah. Okay. So did you get to watch the one about Keon Doolin? I didn't watch that one. Okay. <laughs> so... Ultimately, it was a really, like, intimate conversation about his experience with, like, sexual abuse as a young child. Okay. And I guess it was a situation where, for y'all that haven't seen it, I'm about to spoil it for you. So, if you haven't seen the episode and want to go watch it, yeah, don't listen to, like, the next, like, maybe five minutes. But, okay, I'm kidding. Keep listening. But anyway, <laughs> um, ultimately, it was a story about him when he was, I think, seven years old. And it was a friend or something. He was around, I was, like, twice his age. Mm-hmm. And he forced him into oral sex. And from there, it was kind of traumatizing for him. So he kind of, like, blocked it out of his blocked it out of his memory. Mm-hmm. But he also pursued, a, you know, a normal lifestyle of going to the gym, playing basketball. Sure. And from there, he got on sports teams, all that good stuff, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, we know he was an NBA, uh, NBA player, if you will. Played on several dominant teams in the especially in the Eastern Conference on the Boston Celtics and whatnot. And he talked about his breakdown that he had during a camp with some of his other fellow teammates. Uh I think it was Avery Bradley and Ray John Rondo. Okay. And somebody had playfully grabbed his butt. Mm-hmm. Like in the bathroom or something. And so he literally went to like choke the dude out mm. in the bathroom and they had to pull him off of him all that good stuff. But then from there, he had like a mental breakdown and had to get put in a, a mental institution. Okay. Um, but from that experience, he turned to like being kind of a womanizer and like trying to play mess with a bunch of different women. Mm-hmm. And his wife found out that he cheated on her and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that kept him in a safe space was the environment he had from sports. Okay. And. From what we've seen, like, the NBA is, like, a huge fraternity, if you will, of just men mm-hmm. that come together for the sake of playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was really dope because you had, like, Coach Doc Rivers to, you know, really kind of surrounded them and was like, listen, we got to get you out this mental institute, mm-hmm. get you help, and, you know, we just want to surround you with family as well. Mm-hmm. And... um Stopping from all the opioid abuse and all that good stuff. So it was a really, really deep discussion okay. that was needed about, like, kind of about young men and, you know, things that we may or may not go through that we're ashamed to talk about because, you know, men don't, you know, confess when they're feeling moments of depression or right. being sad uh-huh. or other things of that nature. So 
I thought it was a really intimate discussion, and I think that it's a good segue into talking about, like, you know, and as open as you want to be, but during my childhood, at least, I can remember some very, very crazy moments, and I don't think it was anything traumatic like what Keon went through, but, like, have you ever had a moment where... I don't know if it was a younger you or even current you that you went through something that was just like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Like. I can't personally, like, say I had a moment like that. I think, like, I had more moments of, like, yeah, I probably wasn't supposed to see that than it was, like, mm. I'm going to block off something that happened to me, mm. you know, that type of thing. Um, like okay, I can say like when when I was a kid, um, like when my house got broken into, mm. like you just felt like violated. That was the first time I ever felt that way as a kid. So like, the way it used to go is like I would wake up, like me and my mom. No, it would be me and my dad because my mom already had been gone to work. She she used to get to work at like seven a.m. So I was in PM kindergarten. My dad would wake us up like at. Oh, eight o'clock. My sister get to school by eight thirty because we stayed like two blocks away from the school. Mm-hmm. He'll drop her off because <clears throat> she was going full day. You know, she was like third grade when I was in like kindergarten, and so he would drop her off, and then I would go like run like errands with him, and then he would drop me off at my grandmother's house on the west side because he would go over there every <clears throat> morning. You know, that was his mom. That was my grandma. He would check on her, um, and, and run her errands for her, and you know, pay her pay her bills because you know she was she didn't drive or anything like that. Um, so I would just chill with her. <laughs> we would watch, you know, like Jerry Springer and <laughs> all these other shows that she used to watch. And then 12 o'clock would strike. And then my dad would be like, all right, I'm about to take you to, uh, take you to school. PM kindergarten, go from 1245 to like 315. And then, uh, he would pick us up. Me and my sister both got out at 315. He would drive us to my grandmother's house on the east side. Um, and we would stay over there from like, like 3.45 until, like, my mom got off work and picked us up, like, at 8, 8 or 9 o'clock. Mm. So it was one, the one night that our house got broken into. I remember we stopped. It was funny because I'm just, like, in my head. It's funny how I have it because in my head I'm just, like, I don't know. It just don't feel right. Like, even as a kid, I was just, like, I don't know. It just, it just felt weird going home today. And uh, I remember we stopped at the uh, rallies. It was the rallies on 8 Mile and Grosbeck. It's the Wendy's now. We stopped there. It's not even a checkers on there? Nah. Yikes. <laughs> it's the Wendy's. So we stopped at we stopped at that rallies. And then we get, we drive home, drive eight mile home or whatever. And we pull in the driveway. It's like, how come the side door is open and all the lights are on? And then it's like, oh, why is like all of this junk like because you know it's like a driveway, so you got your house on the right side, then the other side, left side of the driveway, it's like grass from your neighbor. I'm like, why is all this stuff in our neighbor's grass? They're like they get evicted or something? And like my mom, so my mom, she stopped the car. She get out, and she's like, um, yeah. So she walked back to the car, and then she's like, yeah, like, the whole, like, door is, like, kicked in. So we just going to wait in the car, and I'm about to call the police. Wow. So then she, like, back out the driveway. We just sit there. And at that time, like, you know, my mom, she has, like, a lot of brothers. So all of my uncles come over, like, what's going on? Like, you know, they was off work or whatever. My dad, he used to work second shift. So she called him. But, um, so he come off second shift and he's like pissed off and stuff and call the, call the police or whatever. But, you know, there wasn't nobody in the house or whatever. But then I remember like what made it worse, like after that whole experience was like, 
because like I said, I used to run errands with my dad. So it's like the next morning, like we still had to sleep in the house. Like the screen door worked or whatever like that or whatever. So he locked that up, I guess. But um, I remember going to the police station the next morning with my dad. And this is where I got like the whole attitude of like, I don't like police. I feel like every black person has that experience where it's just like, Man. like after police, like NWA or whatever. So I had that at an early <laughs> age because our house got broken into and I'm in like kindergarten. And I remember like going to the police station and my dad had all this paperwork in his hands. And he's talking to like whatever police person we were assigned to. And um, he's like, yeah, my house got broken into. This is the address. This is my license. And I think my dad went to like hand him something. And the police officer's like, oh, sir, you got to stay on that side of the whatever. Like, don't come across here or whatever. And I'm just like, it was like Friday after next. Like, we the victims. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, we the victims. <laughs> I'm mad that I'm, you went that route because man. never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, but I was like pissed off. I'm like, Yo, like how you going to talk to, you know? the people you're supposed to protect and serve or whatever, like go find the people who did this or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's like that experience, That's that was when I first was just like, yeah, the police are trash. Mm. Um, I remember that was the ninth precinct um, on grass shit. And, mm. um, but yeah, so that was, that was one of the experiences where I was just kind of just like, I feel like that helped me develop a little bit of like paranoia that I still live with. Develop where, paranoia. Where I'm always just like, looking over my shoulder or like I remember I like, even like um where me and Gabby live at now you know it's not Detroit but it's like every time I go to bed like I'm checking the handles of the doors like tugging on them like okay it's locked like I lock mm. everything up like the basement door is locked there ain't even nobody down there like <laughs> the garage door just in is case locked. somebody like, snuck in the yeah, basement like I checked the patio door like everything is locked and it's been nice where like um for instance where like Gabrielle be out of town you know her like girl trips and stuff or like where her sister's just out for the night mm-hmm and I remember one time she was cleaning up the room, and she was just like, she texted me while I was at work the next day, like, yeah, I was cleaning up the room, and I found, like, this kitchen knife in the room. And I was like, well, yeah, I went to sleep by myself in the room. You wasn't with me, so I put a knife on the dresser. <laughs> okay. So it's, it, it, it's gone, like, that far for me a little bit. I never connected until I'm just talking it out right now. But, mm. but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's that. That's the first time you talked about that? Yeah, I mean, like, just connecting the dots from, like, me, like, experience of being violated like where i lived at as a kid to like you know me connecting the dot to saying like yeah i'm willing to like you know have a knife in my room or mm. like a baseball bat in the closet type of thing like in my in my, in my uh living space or whatnot so so yeah. i'm gonna go a slightly different route i know a lot of guys don't talk about this type of shit but i'm gonna just go there and see how this goes in real life but i remember the first time i legit like got my heart broken okay and very similar in a, in a similar fashion i can't say to the same extreme as dueling is concerned what you went through but i remember where it was like i think i had to be around like like nine or ten years old and it was this girl lived across the street like a couple car street maybe whatever mm-hmm. and i thought she was cute I'm like hey like yeah. i wonder you know she ever noticed me like you know whatever <laughs> And, you know, play, whatever. And I was like, you know, one day I want to like, I want to go with you. You know, whatever that meant in real life. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was like, you go with me any day. I was like, yes. I got a girlfriend. <laughs> like, I automatically took it there. I was like, I got a girlfriend. And I remember, like, I think, like, I forget the exact details. But long story short, like, it came to a point where I got ghosted. Mm-hmm. And it was like. 
thought she like, says you like me. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's not what you do to somebody you like, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell happened. <laughs> and so, like, I remember I was like, you know what? That never happened to me again. I'm always be in control. I'm the guy. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, like, well, I was always the person, like, I'm a upfront, honest, all the time, say what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. And this came from a kid that was basically a mutant until he was, like, maybe, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, 10 or 11 years old anyway? Mm-hmm. So, like, I would literally, like, you know, we didn't have social media back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, neighborhood kids, you know, you, what is that, what they call planted dozens or whatever. Okay. And, you like you make little subtle hints that you like the girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you ain't lock me down though, no, because last time I locked myself down, <laughs> thinking I locked somebody that whatever at that age, yeah. that you know that I ain't gonna get played no more. And so it went to the cycle of like, you know, being like really cool with women and you know trying to have as many women friends as possible. Mm-hmm. And it finally caught up with me. I would say, um. I think the first time I caught up with me was like high school, mm-hmm. in which I got played again. Okay. And I was like, you know what? This is boring. You know, nothing really comes out of it. And mind you, like, I didn't legit like lose my virginity until like senior year of high school. So I was a lame anyway. Okay. But like, it was like junior year. It was this girl and she dated, well, it was a guy that, you know, how guys would try to carry your books in high school. Yeah. So she legit, like, let somebody I thought I was cool with carry her books in high school. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> at this point, like, legit, like, oh, this is, like, my girlfriend. Like, what, what the hell do you mean? Uh-huh. And so, you know, she was like, well, I mean, it wasn't even like that, blah, blah, blah. But they was, like, laughing and kikiing and shit. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, fuck this. Like, you can have them straight. Mm-hmm. I'm straight on you. It's good. I'm good. Whatever. And so she called me later on that night. This was like back in the days, like landline phones. Okay, it was really a thing. Yeah. And my dad answered, like, "Stop playing on my damn phone!" Like, I'm tired of this. You do it again, handle my damn self. So I'm like, "Don't call her no more." You heard what my dad said, but I don't want to talk to you no more. Mm-hmm. And you hang up on me, it's over. I was like, "That's all I gotta do." And I hung up. And like the next day, I seen her in school. She was trying to talk to me. I was like, "Nah, fuck that." Like, I ain't never giving my heart to him ever again. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm straight you. Blah, 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 blah. And, like, you know, that whole cycle kind of continued. So then I dated one person seriously at the end of my high school like, life. And then mm-hmm. we broke up. And I was just like, you know what? Um, that was, like, the strike three. Like, I was okay. like, you know what? This shit never happened again. <laughs> so, like, between, like, 18 and 19 to approximately, like, a smooth-ass 21, Okay. Like, I was not taking anybody seriously. Like, mm-hmm. I was good. Mm-hmm. Like, I would try to, I would try to like, go on dates and things of that nature. And then, like, at age 21, I just gave up. Like, I was like, you know what? Okay. There's literally no woman for me. <laughs> period. <laughs> Point blank. Period. Yeah. And at 21, I went on, like, this crazy date that changed the whole landscape of my life. Okay. And that woman is not my wife. <laughs> but, like, I was literally bitter. And even in parts of our early relationship, like, I f- didn't find myself opening up to her like that, like, mm-hmm. to Elena like that. And I was just like, I'm afraid to do it again because it's somebody I actually give a damn about. Mm-hmm. And what if they pull that shit on me again? I'll 
snap. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. But between that, between my parents' divorce, my mother's men, like mental issues, my mother's addictions, and all that, she, my wife literally helped me get through all of that. Wow. And like, very similar to Keon, it took a strong like presence of people around him. Mm-hmm. But his wife was the number one person behind him. And, like, I remember there was a point in time where, like, not to say, say like, I ever cheated on Elena, but mm-hmm. there was a moment where, like, I was like, hey, I know all these people, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm newly Greek. I said, good stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And mm-hmm. she was like, you can't be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. The moment you're friendly with women, they're going to think you want something. Right. And they're going to try to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, that never happened. Nah, 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 nah. That never happened. And... It was a time it had almost tried to happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. This is what she was talking about. <laughs> like, it was literally, like, somewhere on campus. And this girl, like, she had just transferred to the university or whatever. And she tried. And she sat on my lap in front of Elena. Wow. And she was just like, oh, fuck you. I'm done. I was like, no, 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 no wait. No, no. <laughs> like, I told her I had a girlfriend. This is ridiculous. And um, from that point on, I realized, like, from that little what? I would say 10, 11 year old me mm-hmm. to that point in life. Mm-hmm. Like I realized that that whole time of like just being friends with people, mm-hmm. especially if we don't have mutual friends, that shit wasn't happening anymore. Like okay. I refuse to even, <laughs> if I even see a strange DM now, I'm like, nah, I'm straight. Elena don't know you. I don't know you. That's how we rolling this, this year. And if you don't know her when you're public, oh, this is my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is her. Well, her fine self. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're getting. <laughs> and so, like, all that to say, like, it was something that was that traumatic at approximately, what, 11 years old. Okay. And now here I am about to be, like, 30. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to say just now getting to that point where I'm, like, finally over that whole rejection phase. But at the same time, it's just, like, mm-hmm. That initial shock and in dealing with that is just like absolutely crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all, all that to say, like we as men go through shit, and yeah, there were moments of that time where I would take it to the gym, or I would take it to the basketball courts, or you know, now the bowling alley mm-hmm. to get rid of the stress or whatever. But there's nothing more important than addressing it. And with the people that are around you that can support you and love you for who you are mm-hmm. and help you get through that. Right. So, like, I don't know if that was a bunch of rambling. <laughs> no, it made sense. But I really had to find a way to just push through that anyway because, like, you know, you may be a person out there that may be listening that has dealt with something and you don't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it be a traumatic childhood experience um, for me, it was that whole rejection piece um, to dealing with watching my family members go through addiction mm-hmm. to literally getting, like, literally, bro, like, literally being stabbed in the leg. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, yesterday, like, my mom literally stabbed me in the leg. And since that moment, like, I find it extremely hard to forgive her for anything. Between like her drinking every time you call, she calls or mm-hmm. um, whatever it is. Like I'm just like, nah, I'm good. You stabbed me in the leg. I'm just like, 
what are you talking about snapping your leg? I'm like, lady, like you literally, I tried to grab your keys so you didn't leave the house drunk and get arrested like you did before. Mm -hmm. And you literally stabbed me right here. I still have the scar. Okay. Right here on my left thigh, on my right thigh. Mm -hmm. And I look at him just like, you motherfucker, you stabbed me in the leg. Like, I'll never get over that shit. But, um, but again, like, it's even right now, like, this is, I feel like having this platform, having this space, not being an expert at all, mm -hmm. I feel like there's certain things I can just be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just say this shit. Yeah. And somebody's gonna hear this shit one day and be like, yo, he said that shit. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> but, um, but that's what it's all about. I mean, just really putting yourself around people that you literally go through a life with and then you feel like you're comfortable enough where you're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I can say this shit right now. Mm -hmm. And you say that shit and then it's out there. Yeah. And you don't feel that heavy burden on you anymore. And you're not judged for it. Yeah. Yeah. So like just the way you shared about um, you know, kind of establishing that paranoia and everything. Like, I don't know if that's the first time you ever shared shared that. But, like, for me, like, between, like, you know, just, quote, unquote, being a man and being rejected at such a young age, you know, I always felt that need to, like, have people accept me. If you didn't accept me, then I need to make you accept me because I'm well-liked. I'm a likable person, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody loves me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you. Everybody loves me. <laughs> and the moment you get rejected, it's like, damn. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't give a damn if you like me or not. Yeah. Like, this is who I am. That's what it did for me. Like, me being rejected as a kid, it was just like, well, I got to love myself then, I guess. Yeah. Like, I guess I just got to make it work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause yeah, it's like, I have to look at myself in the mirror every day and just be like, what up, though? Like, I have to do that now. <laughs> not saying I do that. I just made that up like Jarrell did. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, you... You, that self-love is really important first. But being an athlete did help me get there, though. Like, mm. playing athletics. So, like, I, I would say, like, I was probably, like, I, like I'm like i still kind of like how I am now. Like, I was always, like, low-key. But it's like, now I'm low-key by choice. Then I was low-key because I wasn't, like, cool enough to, like, you know, the general population standard. And mm. it's like, when I made, like, the basketball team, like, seventh to eighth grade year, it was just kind of like, because I was chubby. So, like, like how I am now, I was smaller then. So I was small chubby then. Now I'm big chubby. You small chubby and big chubby. I'm like gargantuan chubby. I don't want to hear that shit. But it was like just being on a basketball team, like working out every day. Like everybody asked me, like, what was my favorite like memories? It's just like being in school and stuff. I always go to middle school because it was like I was on the basketball team. I wasn't even like my my favorite memories about basketball then weren't even like the games. It was about being in practice with my friends. So that's it was it was more about like that like having friendship and, like, joking with each other and, like, going at each other. Like, when we play other people, I was just – I wasn't, like, really engaged. Like, at <laughs> the games every Saturday, I wasn't really engaged. But mm. being, like, on the team Monday through Friday, like, running sprints, running suicides, running outside. To like, the baseline. That yeah, like, that helped my self-esteem because it's, like, you know, basketball team is supposed to be, like, the coolest guys in the school. So, for me to be, like, a part of that and then for me to have, like, a relationship with, like, the dopest player on our team and then we won, like, the the little, like, regional, like, or conference title or whatever that we have for, like, our eighth grade um, region or whatever. 
And then the fact that like it's like, oh yeah, like what what's the line Jay Z said? Like all the uh wavy light skinned girls is feeling me now. Like it was that type of thing. Or it's like <laughs> it was like, oh, like I look cute because I'm on the basketball team. So there you but, go. But then it's like, you know, jump to like ninth grade and I wasn't on the basketball team, but I still felt like all of the love that I had like the year before. So it was kind of just like that kind of like made me have like a certain like self esteem about myself. It made me feel like I was like from that point on, it's like I felt like I was like that dude. How you always say like, what does it mean to be the man? Like at that time, I felt like I was the man even after I left the basketball team in middle school. Hmm. I didn't even think about it that way, dude. Yeah. Because like I never actually played for like my school per se, mm-hmm. but I remember like playing like I was like, paying pick up basketball in the backyard, uh-huh. and me and my cousin just just like. If me and him was on the same team, mm-hmm. we were not losing. Okay. If we did lose, we're going to fight about it later. <laughs> I fucking lose. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, I, like, literally at that point in, like, my life, like, I felt like it was all good when we were, like, together. Like, that yeah. was just my guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, now, granted, we're a lot separate these days because of just personal decisions that he made in his life. But, mm-hmm. like, between, like, going to the mall and playing basketball to just everything. Like, we literally did everything together. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't me and my cousin, it was one of my best friends from elementary school. Okay. And, like, and then when we all three got together, oh, you forget about it. Like, <laughs> we all hooping. I'm busting both their ass. They busting my ass. Okay. It was just a good-ass time, but it was all love. And then we go back to our normal-ass lives and go to school. Like, bro, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Well, yeah, like, sports really, like, legit brings us as fellas together. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not just the fellas. Like, I've, I hoop with, like, really dope women. Like, okay. I remember one of my, like, middle school friends, Lauren. Like, she still existed. I'm glad we keep in contact at least. But, like, she was and still is, like, one of the coldest people I've seen on the court. Okay. I'm like, dang, like, <laughs> I would try to bust her ass, but there's moments <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's that shit. I can't stop that shit. Yeah. Like, she was like, she was like, what Steph Curry is now. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, all that being said, like, I think sports really just brings people together. It's really dope how it works out. Mm-hmm. And I really want to get back into playing basketball. Okay. Like, I have a ball at home. Uh-huh. I'm, like, sitting in the corner all dusty and shit. <laughs> and I'm all dusty and, like, yeah. This whole ankle injury does not help me get back to the gym at all. So, I'm really pissed off about it. Yeah. But it's coming. Watch. Yeah. When I turn <laughs> 30 years old, <laughs> I'm getting back on the court. I'm like the old dude with the fucking headband on. Just going to walk up with the sleeve on his arm. With the double crew socks. With the double crew <laughs> socks. Yeah. And the shorts that's too small. The goggles. I'm going to be fucking Uncle Drew, bro. <laughs> but then I'm actually going to be killing people. Like, bad, get your ass up, <laughs> little bitch. Like, that's going to happen exactly that way. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I think that's a a good segue into just, like, a closing thoughts and remarks. So, um, I guess for you moving forward, how do you see yourself using – I know you kind of talked about it already as far as, like, what you currently do with sports. But do you see, like, ways to be, like, physically active to deal with your, like, you know, kind of help, like, with your mental wellness? 
Yeah, I actually just uh, read something and it listed uh, like the best, like, I guess it's not necessarily sports, but um, physical activities, mm-hmm. a little bit mixed with sports that like help your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I know number one was running <laughs> from what I read. Jesus Christ. Which I hate is something running. that I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan on that. I like to get into it more. <laughs> it's like I like the bike though. <laughs> like if I'm on like the, the stationary bike at the gym, uh-huh. like I can like bust some music out of my ear and just mm-hmm. like, like turn on some title and just go. That's that's one thing because like I have tried different things to like find like what do I like as, as since I've gotten older, mm-hmm. um. But it's just like I've tried spin classes at LA Fitness and those are like brutal. Oh boy! It's, first of all, like the seat is so uncomfortable. It's like you sitting on like a broomstick. Sitting on a broomstick. <laughs> that's how it feels. So I'm like, no, nah, I can't really do this. That sounds painful. Either way you put the broomstick, bro, like. Oh god! And then the class, the class gets more intense as you go. So you try to put like more weight down because you're tired. It's like, oh, it, does, it does really work. Jesus Christ! You're not on an actual broomstick, but yeah, it feels <laughs> it's terrible. This is, terrible. <laughs> this is going the complete wrong direction. So, so something, oh, god. something else that I try. Well, I mean, like we have like a, a track. Like it's, it's like we live by like a high school. So I've been up to the track um, like two or three times, um, mm. like last summer, and it's like I'll start off. You know, just like walking, I walk a lap, and then I run like half, and then I run, walk the other half, and I run a half. <laughs> I was like, I've done that actually. <laughs> I've done that on the treadmill actually. I haven't found my running uh, rhythm yet or my groove yet. So yeah, I don't think we're ever going to yeah, find that perfect yeah. groove. But so I I, I enjoy <laughs> as far as exercise, I enjoy the, the weightlifting part, like mm. all of, all of the squats. I enjoy the squats, even though. Those are supposed to be like the, I guess, like the harder ones. But to me, bench pressing is harder than squats, you know. So I think I'll just start doing squats. You got a lot to squat. That's what it is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Squats is a bitch. (laughs) I want you to know that. I mean, I'm tall, though. It's like when I was working with a trainer, because, you know, I give you a free trainer every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, And it's like, no, you got to get lower. You got to get lower. It just reminds me of being at basketball tryouts again. Like, low man win. Get the rebound. Low man win. Box out. Put your butt on him. Box out. Like, that's what it reminded me of. So... I I enjoy um just like the weightlifting part, like the weight training part of it more than That's any right. other part of exercising. That's legit. Which is bad because it's bad and good because like I found something I like a little bit, but then it's like I don't have like a whole bunch of weights at home. Like it's like I could like leave my house and like run down the street if I enjoy running, you know. But it's like I actually have to physically like go to the gym, and it's like that's kind of like my battle that I make it out to be sometimes. You know what? I'm with that. Yeah. I actually have a. Whole ass Planet Fitness membership. Yeah. That since I would say since about March, I have not went to Planet Fitness once. Yeah. I'm worse than you. I don't think I checked in. Some bullshit. I don't think I checked in all 2019. Damn. I think I checked in like New Year's Eve, <laughs> like December 30th. We need but. to get together and just like <laughs> go to the gym. Yeah. Like, I got, I got. LA, it could be though. like the most lazy shit when we get there. Yeah. Well, what I found in my studies of like learning myself is if I actually get in the gym, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something, yeah. and to do that something is better than me going to my house and eating some damn Popeyes and not yeah. doing shit. Like, yeah. so yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna work that out like in real life. We're gonna have to check. We're gonna check back in with everybody mm-hmm. too about the progress. Popeyes, you gonna see the game? No, not the Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Terrell! Ah, you annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I would say that for myself, I want to make sure that I'm going to challenge myself to, as I was doing, starting off the early in 2019, 
I'm gonna challenge myself to three times a week step into the gym, mm-hmm. especially at moments where I feel like life is shitty or my stress is all at all time high or my anxiety's up. Mm-hmm. But I want to plan at least three times throughout the week, like two during the work week and once on the weekend, okay. in which I physically get my lazy ass up mm-hmm. and step into a gym. Okay. And I feel like if I at least start, at least get like 30 minutes of doing cardio and leave, mm-hmm. that I'll pick up from there. Okay. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start. Shit, when am I going to start this? <laughs> I'm going to start after I get my jerk chicken. That's okay. what I'm going to do. <laughs> How about that? Yep. We can do that, right? Yeah. Okay, fair. Okay. Get my fat ass off this couch. <laughs> <sighs> Man. But no, like, sports and mental health is definitely closely related. Um, A lot of athletes don't talk about it, but just big ups to all the ones that are actually standing up and talking about what they went through. Mm-hmm. Um. Losing games has to be one thing, but losing games in the playoffs has to be another thing. Yep. I'm pretty sure that J.R. Smith is still going through it right now <laughs> after that one boneheaded play in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, that would irk the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like I I still feel bad for him. Yeah. But um, you know, at the end of the day, like, just take care of y'all brains, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mental health is definitely a real thing. And we try not to be like a mental health podcast or anything of that sort, but Studies show it all, like, for men to be men, especially black men, it literally all goes back to how our mentals are kept. Like, if we take care of our mental health, we can take care of our physical health. Physical health. Mm -hmm. If we take care of both of those, we can be be better overall, man. Mm -hmm. And drinking water, because apparently water does shit for you. I had a good, like, two big-ass cups of water today. I felt pretty good, so. Yeah. Yeah. I had, like. So mine goes by ounces, so I had like 40 or like 50 ounces. I don't know how much it goes. <laughs> I had two big uh, Yeti cups of water today, so I oh, felt pretty good about yeah, it. Yeti. I had that water bottle. Oh, yeah? That was my shit. Yeah. Yes, I think that's actually my water bottle. So I had 40 plus. No, I think six, that's actually 60. mine. You stole my bottle. <laughs> <laughs> stole my bottle, you thief. I, I had 56 ounces. I did not have 56 ounces. <laughs> I think I had like a, I don't know. How big is the Yeti cup? That one we got. It's like. 32 or 28 it's like 28 i had 56 ounces of water today that's what that's what i had to with the ice that's like a smooth like i don't think it matters actually (laughs) because it's just frozen space inside of there but we're not gonna get into the stem part because i'm a near nerd like that i don't understand physics anyway (laughs) um so i would say to wrap up i would just say for this think about this bro Mm -hmm. and i don't think we've actually like physically celebrated together on this moment but you do realize we've been doing this shit for over a year now i thought about that today at work when i was we have uh, not really <laughs> truly celebrated this shit like we made a post and we had a t-shirt thing that yeah people bought so big ups to everybody that purchased the t-shirt of the intoxic masculinity shirts yeah, i rocked we've, mine the other week I have not worn my yet. Okay. I'm waiting for the perfect moment, in my opinion, but I don't know when that is. So See, whatever. I didn't wear it out in public, public. Like, we were going to, like, I think, what, like, the, what did you do? Like, it was like a um a church meeting. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, okay. well, like I was at the mall. It was like, I had my hoodie on. It was raining that day, so I was kind of, like, covered. But it was like, what? yeah. Still, See, like, I need to wear mine in public. Yeah, so. I haven't got there yet. I still haven't broken it out, technically, yeah, in my opinion. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But big ups to everybody. I've seen people all the way in California rocking it. Shout out to Nurse Rose. One of my, actually, 
she's kind of like my mental health coach, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, she's dope. And we talked about things. And she literally helped me deal with, like, the whole Mother's Day holiday. Because uh-huh. that's a shitty holiday for me. I'm not going to front. But um, she helped me get to that. And so, big up to her. Um, if you don't have a mental health coach or someone you can talk to, make sure you find somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, we can always have an ecosystem, but it's always still good to have professional help as well. And yeah, my first consultation was free, so big up to that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I just got my healthcare card since I started working April first. So wait, I, I, I just got it like secured last the bag. <laughs> hey. So I gotta go on there this week and look at uh, providers for therapy and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's coming up next. So I'm actually gonna find somebody that's closest to my area. But yeah. um, one thing about having a space is you come across so many dope people that have these platforms and or mm-hmm. like have professions in the mental health space. Okay. And so we've just been blessed and com- be encompassed with some of these people. So mm-hmm. I was like legit talking about a concept for an episode and I was just like, well, what about mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing right here? And she just like went into it. And mm-hmm. I now have a new boundary strategy for dealing with my mother. Okay. It's absolutely insane, but I had to do it. Okay. Um, so big ups to just everybody that's aware about what it takes to protect your mental wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a shout out that I want to do before we get out of here. Yep. Big ups to one of our previous guests, okay. David Harris. Yep. On the official release of his new book, More Than the Village, mm-hmm. I was able to go check out the um, the actual like release of his book yesterday mm-hmm. at the Outer World Oak, and uh, it was really dope. His family was there. Uh, the wife, his wife was there. Baby Noah was there. I got to kick with them for like a grand total of five <laughs> minutes. But I was glad I was able to stop by, show love, and all that good stuff. So I know he's one of our big supporters of our podcast, and we had him on as a guest mm-hmm. before. So um, we talked about more so family values activated. And so, yeah, like if you can go support the book, go get a copy. Yep. Tell him we sent you, and he'll probably show you love anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a really dope moment. Okay, like I can't wait to get into it. I also have started reading Charlemagne the God's book, Short One. Okay, finally. Okay, I'm on chapter two. Okay, I am slowly but pushing my lazy ass through it. <laughs> I was also able to read it from my phone. Okay, so that helped me get to chapter two. I was getting my hair locked up last week, actually, okay. well, two weeks ago, okay. almost two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I kind of started that thing, if you haven't noticed, but okay. I'm excited, so I'm going to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got back to my reading bug, and that's been, that's a big helper when it comes to just protecting my mental. Okay. So, pick up a book, read that shit. You just encouraged me. I'm going to start his other book that I bought. There you go. I'll start that tonight. We can read in parallel. That's good. Yeah. We can actually talk about that shit on here, too. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, I'm going to talk about it on here. Okay. Because I read it. Mm-hmm. I'm only on chapter two, though. <laughs> I don't know how many chapters in the book, you but gotta start somewhere. Yeah, so far it's been good. This kind of talks about like his whole thing with like anxiety and, um, you know, ha- I guess having moments of like self doubt when it came to his relationship and all that good stuff. So, okay. Um, it also talked about Scarface's story. Oh, um, the rapper, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and he was. They were talking about the inspiration behind uh, my mom. What's that? My mom playing tricks on me. Yeah, by the Ghetto Boys. He, he, he suffers from a little, like, like uh, bipolar disorder. Yeah, it was kind of like what you talked about as far as the whole paranoia piece. Okay, okay. And it really touched on that, and I was just like, yo, 
That's like one of the first like actual songs they talked about like mental illness, mm-hmm. and the shit was a classic. Yeah. So and if you don't think about mental illness when you're rapping the song. I mean, you know, you did. Then, so but now when I, the way that Scarface told the story and then Charlamagne kind of touched on it, I was like, damn, this, whew, <laughs> got me it's excited deep. to read it. So yeah, um, for those that have to go check it out, those two books I'm gonna get y'all to go check out, mm-hmm. uh, More Than the Village. By David Harris and then Shook One by Charlemagne the God. I haven't finished yet, so don't spoil it for me. Okay. I'll punch you. All right. I probably won't punch you, but I think you will. I'll mentally punch you. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, that's all I got. Um any shout outs you want to do before we get out of here, man? Shout out to us for one year. Shout out to uh, us, bro. <laughs> uh She Two Stem. They had their shirts out last week. My wife bought one. Oh, um, really? Yeah, the tank tops. Yeah. Calculus and chill. Oh right. yeah, those are dope. Shout yeah. out to the other ones too, though. Yeah, what was it? Uh, Black uh, Stem Queen. Queens. Yep. Yes, yep. definitely got one of those. Yep. Can't wait to rock it. I may rock it before the sun breaks, like for real, for real. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I can't wait. I actually got the shoes to rock with it. Okay, not playing with them. That's dope. Judge me if you want. <laughs> Go get that. That size eleven Nike to the face. Damn it. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yep. But um. But yeah, that we were able to celebrate one full year doing this podcast. Um, over 3,000 streams. And the month of April was absolutely bananas. Mm-hmm. Like, we literally have, I think, just about 1,000 people like check out the podcast. Okay. Like, on SoundCloud alone. Wow. And I think before that, we had 2,000, I think, listens. And yeah, that just changed in <laughs> April. <laughs> so. Just big ups to everybody that's just been tuning in, listening to our banter, bullshit, and research and knowledge, too, because we do that from time to time, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try to, anyway. Yeah. This guy's a professional. I'd be sitting here like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And, um, yeah, we're we, we going to try to do a little something dope for 30. I don't know what it is yet. Episode 30. Episode, episode 30 is episode coming. 30. But we are wrapping up 29 yep, right now. Yep, this is 29. And uh, the summer's going to be dope. Got some really dope things coming up with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to let that come out when it comes out. And I'm not going to say shit. Cool. So y'all got to just deal with it and wait. Cool. Boom. You know about stuff I don't know about. So yes, yeah. you do. You know about it. I, <laughs> I text you about it. If you ain't read your messages, that's your fault. I just switched to iPhone, so. Thank you, know. God. <laughs> Pray, let's. <laughs> Thank you. So there we go. Yeah. This man finally got an iPhone. Yeah. iPhone has legit changed my life. Was, there are some things I miss about Android, but I'm not trying to go back. Though. I got to find out how you did it where you got like the, uh, it, it breaks down your data, like screen time versus this app time. Versus, I got you when I we gotta, get out of here. I got to get that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to waste no more yeah, daytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we love you guys. Thank you for just being loyal, being real with us. Shout out to all the new people that's like, yo, this podcast kind of dope. I'm going to keep listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, big ups to Dustin for giving us a shout out on the Friend Zone podcast. Yep. That's legit when all that shit changed. <laughs> like, yeah, man, we love and appreciate the attention. And also our shout out on the Getting Grown podcast. That happened mm-hmm. as well. Okay. We got shout outs for everybody. Like, I feel like the sky's the limit. Yeah. Be in there. <laughs> that's it. But anyway, we love you guys. And. Yeah, make sure you check us out on social media, mm-hmm. on Facebook at the Mental Matters Podcast, on Instagram at Mental Matters Podcast, Twitter at Mental Matters P, and we have a website. 
We do have a website. We have a fucking website. <laughs> Big ups to one of my best friends in like the whole world that we didn't realize we were best friends until like this past year. <laughs> and I've known her for like the last like eight. Um to the homie, aka one of the co hosts of the She's Who Stem podcast, Jessica. Um, they're all dope, but she particularly put in the work to get us our website for our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So that was her gift to us. And you can check that out at www.mentalmatterspod.com. Mm-hmm. We're going to go update it again. But, yeah, we got a website, bro. Yeah. What's next? Whatever we want. Whatever we want. That's <laughs> right, damn it. And I don't want to hear no lip. Anyway, but that's it. Hit us up on all the social media stuff. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Please rate us. Drop a comment. Anywhere you want, any of the social platforms. And we out. We out. Peace.